Sometimes the story we tell ourselves is not really true. Sometimes the story others tell about us is not really true. Here on today's Heart Lift with Janelle, we are going to learn how to rewrite our story. So pick up your favorite pen and journal, grab a cup of something delicious, and start your heart-lifting journey towards living a meaningful life. Hello, and welcome to today's Heart Lift with Janelle and my guest today, Cherry Strange. Cherry, welcome, welcome. You are a true heart lifter. I cannot wait to share your new book and your story with our community. Welcome. Thank you for having me. It's my joy. You have written this book. When I saw the cover, I just told you, I I just screamed out loud, honestly. I was like, your title of your new book is, Can You See Me Now? Can You See Me Now? And the cover is so good. So, Mm -hmm. so good. So I cannot wait. Heartlifters, you must see Cherry's book. You must buy it. I downloaded it on Kindle. So I'm just so excited because I can hit quotes and send them right out to everybody that I want to know them. The subtitle is Good News. For the lonely, left out, and less than. And we were just praying, and I I can't tell you how many times I hear from a woman, I just feel invisible. Mm-hmm. I'm so lonely. This is an obvious question, but I am so curious, Cherry, as to why this title, why this book, why this concept? So th- this would... This would be my journey. In fact, I, I submitted the manuscript a couple of years ago and I didn't have all of the personal story in it. Oh. The whole first three chapters were not the same. And um, I just came at it with a, a different perspective. You know, I've written Bible studies, so I came at it with that perspective. And and the editor said, you know, this has no soul. <laughs> I was like, okay, right. I don't know that stuff. <laughs> You know, but then, so I, I actually get asked to do this event called No Longer Invisible. I, I don't know why I listed. I hate doing it because it's so personal. And I just, I cry every time before I have to get ready to do it. But um, they, I tried to argue them out of it. You know, I said, no, 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 let's try this other one. And they were like, no, we want to do this one. Uh, and so I did good. it. And it was like uh, on a Monday or Tuesday night, right before everybody shut down. And before so COVID, I, the pandemic. Yes. Oh, yeah, my right, goodness. So I, we did that event and it, it was so powerful for me. I finally had gotten over whatever business I was dealing with myself. Just like, no, this is a message that needs to get out. This is so, this is so needed, you know? And so I did the event and then, you know, you have lots of time (laughs) and all my kids came home. And so um, eight kids, by the way, eight. Yes. E I G H T. (laughs) Even the grown and flown ones came home. Oh no. Yeah. So there's 10 of us in the house during this time. And so you don't have a lot of privacy, but you have a lot of brain time. So, I just thought about it. I thought that's the missing piece. That's the missing piece. And so I added that to it. And so basically it's telling my own journey because, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a small person. I'm a timid person. I'm, I'm going to just <laughs> blend into the, the woodwork. If, if I have my brothers, you know, I'm, I'm a back row girl and just over and over in my life, God has been pushing me to the front and I, I don't feel adequate to be there. And I haven't been treated like I have been adequate. And so, you know, different things in my life just, just pointed to that. And then I married a, I married like the number one student in med school and college and everything like that. And he's he's awesome. He's like very much in the front, you know, leader in Enneagram three, you know, achiever. And, and honestly, I just disappeared. And it wasn't really his doing. It's just people 
I'm not important. I'm just part of the package, you know? And so that was my adulthood. And I just felt like I couldn't be seen. And then you add any other thing. I had some theology that was not right. And you add any of those other things and you find yourself in a really dark place. And so there was one day, you know, I was, I was going back and forth. I I told you earlier that I I did my work for my PhD at Baylor. Well, we had moved on from Baylor. We were in another city, many hundreds of miles away. And I was having to travel back and forth to finish my research. And so I would, I would have to leave for a couple of days and uh, several times, you know, within a month and I would drive these, these uh, country roads in Texas that I'd driven a hundred times before. And one day, you know, I was just having this conversation with the Lord, you know, how you do and nobody's going to hear you out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and I was just like, Lord, what is wrong with me? I mean, what is wrong with, it's gotta be me. I mean, the common denominator must be me. Yes. And so yes. about two minutes after I voiced that, you know, I'm, I'm just driving down the road and on the side of the road in one of the fields is a bunch of cows, which is not unusual, but what it was very unusual to me, a zebra was right in the middle of that. Herd. No, 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 no. I, was, I kid you not, I stopped the car. I stopped the car and I just, I just felt like the Lord was saying, your only problem is that you're a zebra in the middle mm-hmm. of the cowboy. You know, and, and so this all made sense. You know, it's like, oh, I hear I thought there was something wrong with me. And he's trying to communicate to me. No, you are perfectly fine. You just look different. You act different. You talk different. You are different. And that is a good thing. And that is They're the great. first time I really felt that God saw me. He saw me for who I was and who he created me to be. And so from that, you know, just gelled. And so for, for many years, that was just my journey. And um, we got to stop. Had- just hold on. Wait, okay. wait a minute. Just take a breath. <laughs> you don't just drive down the road in Texas and see a field of cows with a zebra in the middle. Well, actually, you can more often than you than I realize uh-huh. because um, ranchers are bringing them on because they are very good at keeping predators away. They're more vigilant. There's so many characteristics of a zebra. I didn't know that why you would mix them in with the herd is astounding. so it's fascinating to me to learn all that. But, but that being but said, love you though. That's how much God loves us. That, that I, is you know, severe... I, just, I, cried. I just first, I would have. Yes. You no, know, because I'm just by myself and God speaks to me, you know, um, in a visual. So uh, but then I have six daughters and I rec- I recognize that they were struggling with some of the same things I was struggling with. They're, they're not even, they're not, they're adopted. You know, <laughs> they're not like me. They're yeah. not anything like me. And I realized, you know what, um, this is a problem. And so I started uh, giving them um, for their 16th birthday. My plan was to give them 16 essays out of this topic. So I've been taking notes. I've been oh, building my. a file. And I just personal to them, you know, well, then you add on to the years. Um, I published some other things, you know, I did some other things and realized I just this just wasn't right. So I added that personal piece and realized, you know what, this is such a problem right now. Even before 2020, this was a huge issue. And I and I realized working with other women that I wasn't the only one. My daughters weren't the only one. There's a mass of us. And and the statistics today are so they're so bad. You know, they're mm-hmm. so, um, what are they saying? We have a problem, almost, almost epidemic, you know, of I loneliness. Think it is an epidemic. Yes. And so I think that is why the timing of it is now. Mm-hmm. And I think just God is, is, is seeing it and ready to, you know, give some tools to help some people. That's what I'm really praying for. Yeah. Well, you start right off in the book and thank God your editor 
challenged you to put your story in there because it's riveting. I couldn't stop reading it. And that's unusual. That's not normal. And I think if it, you know, I, we relate to story, that's what our hearts, particularly as women, but all of us story is, is so critically important and your story resonates so deeply. You know, you write about having a wallflower mentality and Mm -hmm. we study a lot about mindsets in this community. Right. You do. I will now be adding wallflower mindset Mm -hmm. because I think the, Mm -hmm. that visual wallflower has been around. I'm not sure when it was apps, you know, coined, but it's Uh been around. I've heard it what since the fifties, the forty forever. And it, it's such a visual and I, I don't know, but I would say all of us at one time or another have felt like a wallflower. You know, right. So what is that Depending on the circumstances or a time in life, seasons. Yeah. Yes. What would you say is, I want you to tell us a little bit about that story. Like as you're growing up, like what is a wallflower mindset or a wallflower me- mentality? What is that? Yeah. Well, what I would say is it's the, it's tendency to just blend in, mm-hmm. you know, just to shrink back when shrink. something That's it. You know, to shrink back because, you know, sometimes even people who are not wallflowers, you are clearly not a wallflower in your personality. You admit to having those experiences. And I think sometimes All what happens to us is we get in a situation and we either perceive that we are being treated a certain way or somebody says something to us. And, and our natural tendency is to shrink back. It is, you know, shrink mm-hmm. back. And and what what I want to challenge people to do is to not do that. To not do that, to be confident in who God's created them to, them to be and to not let that happen to them. But it's it's got to be some effort <laughs> on our part. Oh, I think it's a, as we say here in the South, it's a whole lot of grit, you know? Yeah, it is absolutely. A whole lot of grit, you yeah. know? It's grind and grit and gristle. You know, you write yeah. this, you write, maybe you can relate. Your proneness to a wallflower mentality may result from some emotional neglect from your childhood. Psychologists suggest some people feel the impact of what did not occur in their upbringings long into adulthood. A person could have experienced a happy childhood absent of trauma, yet had vital emotional needs remain unmet. Your reality may reflect those prior years because individuals who encounter this phenomenon of childhood emotional neglect often shrink back and hang on the sidelines as adults. You say, you proffer these questions, which are so good. Could it be an overarching feeling of isolation? Mm -hmm. Maybe you feel as if no one really knows you. Mm -hmm. Do you feel alone in your interest? Is there a pervading sense people are not really with you? And you encourage us, well, sister, you are in good company. More than half the American population feels that way. Wow. Yeah. Um, Cigna came out with a study in 2018 and I don't know what instrument they used, but they tracked all of these things. And studies are showing that half the people, half the people that we are encountering, they don't feel known. They they don't feel like anybody gets them. That's right. You know, and so you can't blame that on social media. You know, that's that's more in their own environments and that kind of thing. So I I just found it uh, to be so uh, pertinent to this childhood neglect. And, you know, what I found was 
when you talk about the childhood neglect, that doesn't mean anything happened to you. You know, you could have had right. a, you could have had a great childhood, but yes. every person's different. Mm-hmm. And it could be that your parents did not realize what was going on with you on, on the inside mm-hmm. and they didn't meet the need. I mean, they're not perfect, you know, so mm-hmm. it's no, not, not pushing any blame on anyone. It's just, no, we're never about blame and shame and all that stuff, yeah. but we're Somehow really just you trying to up. talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so somehow you grew up and there were some things that were missing, you know, yes. and that caused you more to shrink back than maybe another person. Without a doubt. So that wallflower yeah. mentality, it can come even from school or academics. We always say there's Absolutely. trauma with a big T, trauma with a little T and a whole bunch yeah, of right. Right. And trauma is just anytime something's too big for your body, for your emotions, it's just too overwhelming. So you then write goodbye wallflower ways. It's so good, Cherry. I love that. How you say that. So what does that mean? What, how do we say goodbye then? I know we can't address everything. That's why we have to get the book. No. So, well, part of it, I mean, part of it, the the way the book is set up, it's in uh, 75 days. So they're doable chunks for a busy mom or a busy woman period, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, no matter your age, I think um, it, even my daughters, my teen daughters can read this and, and gain gain from it because we're just walking through the Bible. We're going through the book of James in particular, because I Wonderful. think he gives us a really good example. But um, so what I what I try to do is just look at, OK, the Bible g- gives us what we need for life and godliness. Right. I mean, that's what, what that's what we are given as a believer. And so we have some tools and let's just see what the Bible says and if our circumstances don't change, because for me, my circumstances didn't change. And what do you do if they don't? And how do you how do you be transformed? Mm-hmm. And so there are just different things. There's some things that we talk about. Um, for instance, there's there's a theory that we are able to hold 150 relationships intact. Correct. You know, that's yes. that's not a, a Christian theorist. That's just a general theorist. Yep. And so they give us that number. And so in in the integral circle, you have about up to three people, probably. Okay. No more than five. Right. Okay. Then you have another lifetime in a lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Not just right now. Mm -hmm. And so then you have another circle. It's got about 15 people in it. And then you got another circle out there. It's got about 30 people in it. Now these are not the people that you would have pick up your cousin from the airport. You know, (laughs) these are just acquaintances, people you've done business with people you've seen at church, but you don't really know anything about them. And then it goes out from there. And one of our issues I believe in working with women and, and my family and, and the research is we put people in the wrong circle. Oh, that's you know, uh, you mentioned earlier that sometimes we bring people in close that shouldn't, that had no place to be there. No. You know, maybe we want to be in a particular group. We don't lose that after high school, unfortunately. No, we and we want to be with a certain group and they're not, they're not our people. That's and I think cheering. we just long for the, the wrong group. And what we need to realize is God will place me in the group he wants me to be in. He will allow me to impact and, and befriend and love and grow from people who pour into me. And it's not necessarily the person we were looking for. Yeah. And that's just navigate the experience. That yeah. How do we navigate that? That's so, so good. Oh, that is like you put on your, your, um, your feelers, you know, personally, yeah, your radar. And and I pray. I just absolutely think it's a it's a part of prayer. And you ask God, put me in the places where you want me to thrive. OK, yes, I'm giving back, Lord. Yes, I, I want to be um, pouring into them. But but keep me from those relationships that are just sort of toxic, you know, mm-hmm. that do not 
do not uh, grow me as a person. And um, I cannot be have intimacy with that group of, of women, you right. know, and I just think so often we are we are not on track with this. Uh, I don't really know why. Maybe it's our natural tendencies to want to be in the in crowd, you know, want to be popular. But, um, you know, there's some wonderful women who are loyal to the core that would not be in the popular group. Thank God, you know, yes. they're yes. just wonderful women. And, and so often those are the ones that aren't seen oh, and they make really now. great friends, lifelong okay. friends, mm-hmm. you know, they do anything for you and we don't want to miss them because we would be missing something. So I, I would, my encouragement would be just ask God just to open your eyes to the one who might not be, um, obvious. You know, for example, I have a daughter that, you know, she was in middle school or high school. I think it was high school. And um, she was sitting at this lunchroom table, you know, with her friends. Oh boy! And over the time, she just didn't feel welcome. So what do you do when it's lunchtime? You know, you got to have a place to go. So she started going sitting outside and that's where the rough kids were. Kids were getting in trouble, smoking, you know, all kinds of stuff. And she sat down and she said, I was kind of scared at first, mom. Yeah. <laughs> we would girl, call that the you know, bus ramp back in my day. Yeah. You know, <laughs> anyway, she befriended this girl. She never would have befriended. And I'm just telling you, over time, that girl became a believer, was in our house, lived with us for a while. Wow. That never would have happened if she had been oh so good with that little group of friends. So I think sometimes God puts us in these positions on purpose. I because he has a bigger mission for us I agree. than our happiness, you know, although well, he's, he's concerned about that too, but you know, well, bravo to just, her, bravo to her. Oh, that I she, know. I know. Bravo. It's not that takes courage. Not the only time she's done that. That was probably the first, but after that, we, we, we have also had another person and, and same thing, same thing. So that speaks highly of, know. Yeah, of her capacity. I like the word capacity a lot. Uh, that we're just never reach our maximum potential. And I do think that mm-hmm. there are times when, when God himself just, he just pushes you to that. And it's like, would you just yeah. open your eyes? Right. Would you just open your ears. You know, I'm right there again, once again, in my life, I don't think we ever outgrow that. No, I, I don't do think, think so it's either. a natural tendency, you know, to just want, I mean, goodness, it's all throughout the gospels, you know, remember the mother, can they, can my sons come sit at your right hand? Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's not going away. No, so it's not. We, you gotta learn how to navigate it. And that's why we're here and we're yeah. definitely here. So if we're saying goodbye to wallflower ways, let's just, con- mm-hmm. what are those wallflower ways? Would it be timidity? Would it be shrinking? Would it be uh, what? Like, how did you overcome that? Um, a lot of it, I think, deals with what are you processing on the inside? Yeah. So I I grew up as a, as a pastor's daughter. So I feel like I should have known better. But there were just some tendencies and some thought processes that I kept in the front of my mind. I didn't realize it. That were just not correct. Like one would be, you know, um, when you sing the song. Uh, Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, you know, that kind of thing. Well, that's how I felt like I thought that was reality. I mean, I know he loves everybody, but I just thought it was in general, you know, it wasn't really in particular to me. It wasn't me. It was nothing special about me. Yeah. And then you see other people that seem to have a one-on-one with the Lord that you're not invited to. And that was my experience. And I just assumed that it was because of me. 
it was because sure. of me. Yeah. And so you, we, what we have, and the only way I got out of that is to know what scripture says, mm-hmm. who does God say I am? And Ephesians is so good for that. Ephesians so one good. in particular, you know, mm-hmm. so until I knew that mm-hmm. it was very hard to break free from some of these beliefs that I just held as my reality. And I don't think I'm unusual. I think a lot of people <laughs> do that, you know, it's and so perception. It's yeah, just, you've got all this baggage that yeah. that the Lord really has to deal with. And and even if you need, you might need help. You might need to see a counselor yeah. to work through some of that and get your get your thoughts to be more healthy and more uh, centered on who God says you are. And yeah. that's a process that that doesn't happen overnight. That's right. Um, maybe it can, but it generally takes a process. Yeah, there are so times just, when. Yeah, there are times when God just is so good and just yeah, you know, allows it, but. It's typically a journey. That's what we do here. Heartlifting journey. We just take a journey, you know, and, and our, Mm -hmm. my number one premise that I am just going to stand on forever is that every woman know her own value, her own worth and her dignity. Know your value, Mm -hmm. your worth and your dignity. I live decades not knowing that. If you don't know that, then that's going to, you're starting kind of way down here back with the wallflower, you know, back with the wallpaper. And so um, one of the things that just struck me um, and I think this is in the first chapter, chapter okay. two, um, just noticing the women in the Bible that are not even mentioned by name Yeah. yet. God yes. sees them. He calls to them. He has purpose for their lives. This doesn't happen once or twice. This is a theme with the Lord. And I, that just spoke so, to the, no, to the nobodies, you know, that we wouldn't even, we wouldn't even let sit by us. You know, God has particular <sighs> plans for them. And has them recorded in the Bible, I, I think for us, you know, mm-hmm. who feel yeah. like I'm never going to make it to the super Christian club, you know, yes. that I created in my mind. So I just, I think that really spoke to me very clearly that no, 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 it's not what the way you're thinking about this is not right. He yeah. cares intimately for you as an individual in all of your idiosyncrasies, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. I think you've got to get that. You've got to get that down. Got to get it. And it, yeah. it, the minute you started to share about the women in the Bible and how some of them aren't named, and then we do have those that are named. So, you know, devil's mm-hmm. advocate yeah. here, because I would, no, I would be like, I don't want to be unnamed. Like I want to be mm-hmm. Mary Magdalene, or I want to be Lydia. <laughs> I want to be Deborah. You know, it's like, I don't yeah. want to be one of the ones that to me is a wallflower mental state of mind. Okay. It can, right. It can almost be a reverse of uh, a false humility, perhaps even, mm-hmm. Yeah. you know, that, oh, you know, I don't want to, I'm just over here and I don't want to get out in the public and no, 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 no. I don't want to talk. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. How many times, you know, I've led in a retreat or whatever, and I get someone to come, no, 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 no. You know, and it's like, if we could just shake all that off, you know? Yeah. Right. And because one of the, I was um, teaching on Philippians four, just in uh, this season 10 podcast, it's our footing for mm-hmm. this. This yeah, whole I, I listened to that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, what I loved so much was that they worked side by side. These women, he wow. mentions, Paul mentions them in the very beginning, verse mm-hmm. one, two, three, you know, he's like, I want you to, to give opportunity, serve these women that are working so tirelessly side by side. He doesn't name them. Mm-hmm. But that working side by side, that means Susie isn't better than Debbie and Darla isn't exactly. better than, but we're so, at least 
I know that I have struggled with that. I am so driven, you know, Mm -hmm. I should say my ego person, the person, the personality that grew up, you know, and took Uh on former, it's not really my true self, but we still have to battle it and we have to make it too great. Right. Right. So I think Mm -hmm. it can be as much of a wallflower mentality to have a, a false sense of humility and like, Oh no, no, I'm not good enough. Or so that's what we're bringing to the table here today. Yeah. You know, right. it's when we, we pay attention to that mentality, mm-hmm. you know, or even the, the words that come from our mouth, I'm lonely. Nobody likes me. And you said it. I think the number one question I have heard every woman is what's wrong with me. Yeah. What's wrong yeah. with me. Mm-hmm. Well, sweet girl, there's nothing wrong with you. You're just a zebra. Right. A herd of cows. You know? Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh. Sorry, guys. Yeah. I just think how much God loves his children. I don't know where you are today, Heartlifter. I'm going to tell you this, but I am going to pray that you have a zebra in the middle of a cow pasture moment with God. <laughs> like Cherry. Yeah. So you can... Yeah gasp at how much God loves you. Yeah. Jerry, he yeah. this is a phenomenal way that God demonstrated his love for you. I'm, I'm just going to be thinking about it for a long time. Yeah. So, so I, I think it's memorable because we, we like zebra print. We wear it. So? <laughs> <laughs> I've been on a safari. I love zebras. They're oh, amazing. Right. So that's what I was going to say. So have I, um, I, I took my daughter. She's adopted from Ethiopia. We went over and we stopped oh. in Kenya and went on a safari for like three days. And uh, it was just she and I. And so I had been, I had already had this concept, you know, I'm a zebra in the middle of a cow pasture. I'm the only one, you know, I'm, the only, I'm so different because I'm the only one. And um, that's a problem. It's lonely. It's very lonely. And then we went to on safari and saw these zebras in their natural habitat. There's thousands. I mean, so zebras many. everywhere. Every day there are more zebras and they're living among other lions um, and tigers and bears yeah. on purpose. Yeah. That's where God has placed them. Yes. And it was so illuminating to me to see, oh, this is what it's really like. We are in community. We are not alone. We are in community. We are just daily. Often God yeah. places us where he needs us to be on purpose. That's good. But we are That's not good. alone. I mean, there's there's thousands upon thousands that we may not interact with today, but we are absolutely not alone. And every zebra has it's like a fingerprint. They have a different um, path path on their skin and it's not repeated. And it baffles um, scientists. (laughs) It is all baffling. You know, I just see a children's book in my head. I am seeing you write this children's book about the zebra in the middle of the cows. It's just fantastic. It's just so interesting to me how God has put all that together. You know, we are alone often and that's how we feel, but he sees us there. And in reality, there's so many, there's a community, there's a community there. So we don't need to feel alone and God will provide what we need. So if we are feeling lonely today, we just need to ask God, God, will you feel every crevice? You feel every crevice. It's not my husband's job to do that or my best friend, or social media, or or the thing that I feel like I'm really good at, which is all the places we go, or we go shopping. And so we, none of those places do it, but if we will allow him to fill every crevice, yeah. he will show us the places that need mending and where he really, there's a deep hole there. 
I just believe he will. He does it in the lives of people every day. And that's the beauty of it. So I, I offer a plan, you know, to walk through this with the person. It's not magical, but mm-hmm. it does give you a place to say, okay, I was here and now we're going to walk through it and I'm going to help you kind of get there a little yeah. bit. And so that you, because I think so often we finish something, you're like, well, I don't know what to do now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what do I do now? Next. And so I didn't want to leave them like that. And so right. I'm really hopeful that it's another added benefit that they will get to take away with them. You can, you can do it more than once because I, I can. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know? oh so yes. I just, yes. I just really hope that they can get the picture that God loves them and um, sees them for who they are. And, and all these little things that we think, oh, this just makes us, it's our problem. You know, the problem is us yeah. that he will, the Bible addresses these. So yeah. one of the things that I thought was fascinating that I just um, that I just learned from a, another research study that came out was on loneliness was they had they had taken this population. They did some testing on them years before, and now they're doing another test and they only Love took it. from that population. OK, so mm-hmm. that population before had a loneliness indicator that was um, on average, OK, from between like 17 percent to 57 percent or something like that. The general population. Well, this is now 75 percent of the population. from age 27. So we're not dealing with kids who we think, oh, they're just struggling with um, social media. And that's their problem. Mm -hmm. 27 to 101. Yes. Okay. That's the sample they're looking at. And one of the things, so they said, we know all the negative that loneliness creates, you know, it's, it's as bad. It's worse on our health than obesity and smoking. Yes. It's more destructive. And they said, but the only thing that we found that that's the bad news. The good news is that it's related to wisdom. And I thought, I haven't heard that. What? It's related to wisdom. And and I said, well, what do they mean by that? So I I read a little bit more. And and so what they're saying wisdom is, and I'm going to make sure I get it right, but there's certain behaviors that come out of wisdom. And I'm so fascinating because we're looking at the book of James and and James says, if you need wisdom, pray for it and God will give it to you. I mean, like just power it on you. And so inside of wisdom, this is what, um, just a general scientist who study this say is linked to wisdom, um, empathy, compassion, uh, self-reflection. So that grit that you're talking about, mm-hmm. we don't possess it like we used to. And studies no. have shown that too, that we don't have the grit and we need to get some more, but mm-hmm. so self-reflection. So that's a part of wisdom. And I didn't link the two before and no. then um, emotional regulation. So when James talks about, your tongue and your anger and all that kind of things. I'm just, I'm so amazed that <laughs> what we can trust in the Bible comes out and it really, it really helps this issue. I, I had no idea that the Bible spoke so clearly mm-hmm. about these needs that we're facing today in, in our lives today with the majority of the population. I mean, how good of God is he to give us those tools mm-hmm. and to help us out of it? So I, I just thought that was interesting because even in that study, they're saying, you know, this is all the bad news, but we do have some good news. If you're wise, you're going to be okay. <laughs> do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, Bob Goff. You can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com.
one of the biggest ahas for me was Isaiah 41, 17, 18 verses in the new international version, the poor and needy search for water, but there is none. Their tongues are parched with thirst, but I, the Lord will answer them. I, the God of Israel will not forsake them. I will make rivers flow on barren heights and springs within the valleys. I will turn the desert into pools of water and the parched ground into springs. So good. Why did that speak to you? Why was that? I always like to say it's, it's a strong figure in your book. Yeah. When, you know, you don't always know what's happening to you when it's happening. No. And so you look back and you say, how did I get here? And because I couldn't have done it on my own. And I, there was this moment when um, I, I write about in the book how, you know, I, I couldn't compete. I couldn't compete with my environment. And, and not that it, it was not my husband's doing necessarily. It was just, you know, just treating me like I was nothing. And I just was, I mean, they wouldn't even address me <laughs> as a person. And so I was like, you know what? Enough is enough. I mean, at the minimum, I mean, I could at least be an average Christian girl here. You know, I could at least be average. And I think every average girl I know who's a Christian goes to a Bible study, <laughs> which I was not doing. Yes. And so I was like, well, I'm just going to sign. So I signed up for one. I was working at the time. And so I, I found one that I could go to. And there's like, seven people in there. <laughs> they're all 20 years older than me. And they're, they're huddled around that little TV on the cart, you know? Yes, and, um, I do. Yeah. So I was sitting there and I do not know who's in the room. I, I couldn't tell you the people that were in the room. But what I remember is by the time the, the person who was leading the Bible study prayed, after she prayed, there was something about that one experience. It changed my life. I, I looked up and I was like, I didn't even know that was possible. I mean, I don't know what's different about her, but she's different. And mm. I didn't know you could access God like that. So that then when I when I read the scripture, it's like, that's what it was. That's what it was. God was God was demonstrating for me that he was going to do a work. He was going to do it. And I, I was I was so dry. I didn't know where else to go. I mean, where else do you go? Where and you so. Go? That's that's what I did. And he met me there and it was very intentional on his part mm-hmm. and sh- demonstrated for me that he's able to bring water where there was none and uh, declare what is not as if it were, you know, and uh, that's just what I experienced. And I'm so I'm so grateful for that night. That first I'm glad night. you went. I, yeah. You know, and so I don't remember anything else about it. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> you don't, night, you know. <laughs> But it did. It was life changing. I call that an endowment in my work. It's like, oh yeah, that's good. You know, one of my clients calls it a download. A download. You know, you do the work. You do the work. Your heart's crying. You're praying. You're, you know, murmuring and in prayers everywhere. That kind Uh of in a good way, mumbling, I should say, or just under your breath. You know, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it's just, it's just like that moment. You know, Mm -hmm. it, it just something just flows on down. That's right. And you just kind of go. What just happened? Mm-hmm. And I know that there are listeners. I know that there are heartlifters out there right now going, well, that's great. I mean, look what God did for her, but he doesn't do that for me. Yeah. You know, he's never done that for me. Well, that's the wallflower mentality. I think, you know, yeah. it's a helpless mentality or a helpless mindset. Mm-hmm. We've taught on that here mm-hmm. in the community as well. And today's the day where we want to shift that. 
Right. We really so do. there's one chapter that's dedicated to, because there are some things we have to get rid of. If we, we want do. to embrace this and the other main, the main thing I pull all the way through is we need to be willing to fail forward. Now that's from a perfectionist who does not like to fail at all. I was going to say, <laughs> take yeah. it hard. But what I have learned is it is better for me to fail forward and, and, and keep my momentum going than it is for me not to move at all. And so mm-hmm. I would encourage people to do that, to fail forward. Like when I first, so I went to the Bible study. I had first started reading the one year Bible because I, my husband married a good Christian girl and I, I wasn't consistent. So here it was in my face that he was going to know, you know, so I was like, I got to fix this. And so I went and bought one and I thought my problems are over. No, no, they were not. I'm still the same me. And it took nine years, nine years of failing to actually get through it. But you know what happened in those nine years was this. This is what happened. I didn't know who I was. I didn't I didn't even know the Bible all the way through. I'd never read it all the way through. And it's just started making sense. I was like, I think this is one story. <laughs> I, think, I think this is one story. Yes. And it's so redemptive. And mm-hmm. I just I just got so much out of the failure of it. If I had not, if I failed once and just quit, mm-hmm. I would not be who I am today. And living in freedom. Right. But so I just want to encourage people to fail forward. Yeah. In one chapter, there's uh, there's a chapter that goes through what things we have to make room for it. So we've got to get rid of some stuff. Mm -hmm. And so um, like one of them is this um, mentality you were referring to. Oh, the name of it escapes me. Helpless. It's one. Yeah. Helpless. But it's somebody else's fault. You know, yes, blaming about the right. victim mentality. That's victim. what not, not a true vic- a true victim is different than having a, mi- a victim mentality. Yes, ma'am. Yes, you know, ma'am. I don't know if you've ever lived with someone with the victim mentality, but I have. <laughs> and, and they like to blame you for all kinds of stuff and not take responsibility. And right. uh, one of the things we see in our culture is this pass the buck thing. And uh, and we've lost our resilience. So uh, those two things combined are we've really got to deal with. And no one can do that. But but you I mean, you've got to stop those mental tapes and replace it with something else. All those kind of things. And we walk we walk through those um, in little daily chunks. Perfect. But you got to make room for it because it doesn't it's not going to just happen. You no. got to make room. For it. No. Yeah, yeah. A big part of our initiative here in season 10 is silence and solitude, which we all just want oh, to yeah. avoid, like the, the plague right. itself. You know, and we were forced into it and that, yeah. just, that didn't end well. You know, I think that made <laughs> many of us just crazier or, yeah, yes. I, I am so grateful for your time here. I, I do want to just end, I want to end because your, your book is a question, right? Can you see me now? Mm-hmm. Does that mean to you? Like why, why that question? Well, because we we're, we have a lot of tendency today to want to be seen for all kind of aesthetic reasons, you know, yes. to be seen. And that's not, that's not how we want to be seen at all. We want to be seen like, like the prime example that, that I think of is John the Baptist. He must increase. I must decrease. Yes. And as we do that, it, it sounds like it's, it's an oxymoron, mm-hmm. but it's absolutely the path toward becoming seen. And yeah. for all the right reasons in all the right ways, because it's not like w- once you dedicate yourself to, okay, I- I'm going to do this. It's not like you stop this being you, you just get to experience yourself as a God infused individual like that zebra, 
I mean, you wore a zebra all the time, but you didn't act like it. And you didn't didn't look like anybody around you. You know, you tried to blend into the wallpaper and you just don't blend. And so I, I think that that's why the question is there, because at the end, I want you to say, can, can you see me now? Yeah. Yeah, you can for all the right reasons and all the right ways. Oh, I love that so much. And I think most importantly, like if you're embarking on this journey, which I hope our heart lifters do, and we will refer back to this so many times in season 10, if you allow us to go back to oh, yeah. some of your readings, can I see me now? I know that's where mm-hmm. I had to get to. It oh, wasn't right. even can me God too. see me. It's like God yeah. sees me, but I don't see me. Right. And so there's this huge disconnect, you know, in, in your own being. And I think that's what your story is. It is a story of right. you becoming, becoming to know yourself, to know who you are, to get right. very contented, which is another theme this season, to, to really know that, you know, you're seen you see yourself. And, and when you know that feeling and that I'm telling you to try to tell someone how to get that, it's an endowment. It's just a cry of your heart. You know, it's like every day, yeah. father, see me, you know, mm-hmm. I think of Haggai out, you know, after she's ousted and God shows up and he says, I see you. Right. Exactly. He's yeah. gonna, he's gonna show up. He cannot, not, he cannot not show up. <laughs> right. If you're crying out and saying, Father, I want to see who you made me be. I want to see my own value, worth, and dignity. This is not about anybody else. I'm not blaming. I'm not pointing right. fingers. I'm just mm-hmm. going to start on my face right here with you and however long it takes. Right. But Cherry, right. You, give us, you give us 75 days of a real good start. So yeah. thank you. That's my, that's my hope. Yes. And we are going to say goodbye to Wallflower Ways. I just love that so much. And we are going to continue moving and failing forward. Right. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. We hope to have you back. Okay. Heartlifter. (laughs) I came away from this conversation with such a sense of awe, such a sense of how much the one true God loves his people, his children. For him to give Cherry that experience of driving along the road and seeing a zebra in the midst of a whole herd of cows astonishes me. It really does take my breath away because it shows how wide and how long his stretch is to reach out to his children who are crying out to him. Perhaps you really relate to Cherry's story. I wanted to give opportunity here for a time of meditation since that is really a major thrust of what we're doing in this season. So I'm going to read day one, Wallflowers Unite. From Cherry's book, Can You See Me Now? She defines wallflower, a person who, because of shyness, unpopularity, or lack of a partner, remains at the side at a party or dance. Any person that remains on or has been forced to the sidelines of any activity. She writes, call me a wallflower, unequivocally a natural observer, shy, 
small, quiet, the person on the side, never the girl center stage with all eyes on her, not a chance, glued to the railing, desk, brick, or whatever fixture was the furthest available to keep me from the majority. That's where you would find me in my childhood, when everything was as it should be. Naturally, you can imagine the response a wallflower has when the stars do not align, trouble erupts, and light gets messy. Wallflowers retract. Already timid, I found more ways to blend into my surroundings. My less-than-perfect reality wasn't something I shared with people. Developmentally, during the stages a girl typically learns security, when she should be a delight, wanted, and seen, insecurity ran amok within me. I figured I was a problem better left in the shadows. God seemed to agree with my limited understanding. Oh, I was a card-carrying believer in Jesus. He had taken away my sin, forgiven all wrongdoing, and destined me for heaven when I died. But he was watching over me like a chaperone at the prom. Somehow, I latched onto believing God loved me and cared for me from afar, like the song, Jesus Loves the Little Children. He loves all the children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, all are precious in his sight. Yes, he loved me. God loved me along with all the other children of the world as a member of humanity, but not specifically. He didn't love me as a person with quirky favorites like tater tots and cinnamon candy. It's as if he invited me along with all the girls in my class to the prom. The God of the universe wanted me to be there for the big event, but didn't care about my dress or if anyone ever asked me to dance. I could fade into the theme decorations unnoticed. Maybe you can relate. Your proneness to a wallflower mentality may result from some emotional neglect from your childhood. Psychologists suggest some people feel the impact of what did not occur in their upbringings long into adulthood. A person could have experienced a happy childhood absent of trauma, yet had vital emotional needs remain unmet. Your reality may reflect those prior years because individuals who encounter this phenomenon of childhood emotional neglect often shrink back and hang on the sidelines as adults. Many of us feel alone, as if the bulk of our relationships are meaningless. Add some misguided theological underpinnings, all the misfortunes compounding insecurities through adolescence, and you've got the makings of a bona fide wallflower. The good news, even though you feel like a wallflower, you do not need to remain one. I close with Cherry's words, goodbye wallflower ways. She encourages us to write this prayer in a notebook. God, help me understand why I feel so alone and isolated. Help me trust you will be faithful to strengthen me and hold me until I no longer feel invisible. Heartlifter, today is a new day. With this beautiful conversation in your mind, I pray that you will find a quiet place and space over the next few days to reconsider the questions, the thoughts, 
the deep reckonings that Cherry herself went through in her life and ask yourself, why am I standing on the sidelines? What is holding me back? Perhaps it is a wallflower mentality, but listen, you are not called to stand on the sidelines or sit on the bench. Not in this season. This is a season that God is inviting you to come forth and to walk in your value, your worth, and your dignity and take your rightful place as his daughter in his kingdom and bring that kingdom here to your spheres of influence. We've gone long, but it's been vitally important. A huge thanks to Cherry for sharing her brave story and for inviting us to rewrite our story from wallflower mentality to wild, wonderful woman of God mentality. If you haven't already, please subscribe to my newsletter so you can be on the front lines with me and be on the front lines with our community to heartlift everyone in our spheres. Just go to heartliftcentral.com and put in your name and your email and you will totally be getting all of the goodies that will help you move forward into this beautiful, victorious mindset that we've been invited in to today. Also, please, please go to janellereardon.com slash podcast and leave a short review. One sentence will do. Just go to the bottom of that page and everything you need uh, to know is right there. Until next time, walk in your value, worth, and dignity. Thanks for listening today. It was great having you here. For even more great content and resources, please join the Stronger Everyday online community at JanelleRairdon.com. Always remember, you, my friend, have value, worth, and dignity.